Hey everybody, welcome to the Random Movie Club. I'm your host, Rob Logan, and each week I sit down with a co-host to discuss any movie of their choosing. The only qualification is that the movie is available to watch at home on DVD, Blu-ray, or streaming. Before you listen to this week's show, I highly recommend that you watch the movie we're going to talk about, because we're going to spoil everything. Also, at the end of the episode, I'll tell you which movie we're going to discuss next so you have enough time to watch it. On this week's show, I'll be discussing John Carpenter's The Thing with Anna Skillings. Let's roll the film. The Thing was released in 1982 from director John Carpenter. Based on the story by John W. Campbell Jr. with a screenplay written by Bill Lancaster, the film stars Kurt Russell, Wilford Brimley, and Keith David. So, first question that I always ask. Why did you choose this movie? Why? Well, I think um, when you first came up with the idea, I gave you my list of top 10 you did. favorite movies ever. Yes. And I wanted to pick ones that you hadn't seen yet. Yes. Because I think that it's really fascinating to ha- like experience someone experiencing a movie for the first time. Mm-hmm. So, you There's know, I've, I, to that. I've sure. seen it about 700 times. So it's nice to think of something like, you know, what is the initial reaction? Because I don't remember mine. Right. It was a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. When did you originally see it? Oh, God, I don't know. I have no idea. No? A long time ago. Yeah, it's yeah. just, it's become that. I just grew up on horror movies. Like, my brother would would try to show me as many as he could, you know, when I was, like, little, little. Mm-hmm. And my mom was kind of like, as long as there's no sex, she can watch whatever she wants. So, okay. language and violence was fine. Welcome and to I, our country. And I came out so well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also not pregnant, though, so something worked. Right, right. I haven't killed anybody yet. Um, yeah. So, so, yeah, I don't know. All those movies, Aliens and Freddy and all of them. I, I started watching them when I was so young. I really don't remember. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. Well, the first thing we do before we talk about the movie is talk about some trivia. So I gather a whole bunch from IMDb. It's not every single thing that they list because there's usually way too much, especially for movies this old. It's kind of compounded over the years. Uh, but here are some of the more interesting tidbits. According to John Carpenter in an interview, he takes all of his failed movies pretty hard, but this was the one that disappointed him the most. Not only was the movie a box office failure upon release, but both critics and the audience panned its gory effects and bleak tone. He was particularly upset when the original movie's director, Christopher Nibby, publicly denounced Carpenter's version, saying, if you want blood, go to the slaughterhouse. All in all, it's a terrific commercial for J&B Scotch. Yep, it was a failure. Yeah. It's definitely but, a, it, I don't think audiences were ready for it. No, no. And I don't know how different it is than the one that came prior. Really different. Yeah, so you did see Comple- that one. Yes, completely different. Yeah. Like, the only thing that was really the same was the setting and that there was an alien. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's it. It was a totally different alien. Did you see, I know the 2011 was a prequel, not a remake, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. And I assume you saw that? Yes. What'd you think? I liked it. Yeah. It didn't have the same charm. Yeah. Obviously, it was a newer movie. Sure. Um, But it was a decent prequel. I mean, I definitely would recommend watching it in, I would watch the 1982 version first. Right, I wouldn't watch it in chronological chronological order. Yeah, yeah. But I enjoyed it. It was enjoyable. Okay. Yeah. Uh, This movie has become part of the culture in Antarctica. It is a long-standing tradition in all British Antarctic research stations to watch the thing as part of their midwinter feast and celebration held every June 21st. Neat. Yeah, That's so let's neato. watch a movie about being afraid of the place we're in. Yeah, <laughs> about how isolated and horrific it is. I know. Yay. That seems Celebrate. counterproductive. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, this film is considered a benchmark in the field of special makeup effects. These effects were created by Rob Botton, who was only 22 when he started the project. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I know, right? Yeah. Apparently, he had to go to the hospital at one point because of exhaustion, because he was just basically living at the studio. Wow. Yeah, to the point where Stan Winston came in and kind of did work while he was in the hospital. And that whole part with the dog thing yeah. was Stan Winston's work. Yeah, and he was kind of cool, too, because he didn't want credit for it. Right, And right. they just said thank you at the end, but they didn't actually credit him for right. it. Right, yeah. Seems like a cool dude. Yeah. The X-Files episode Ice is a direct homage to this film. I don't think I've seen it. Haven't seen it? I have. No. I have. Actually, and it's funny, too, because I've seen Ice way before I saw this. right. In some ways, I thought the X-Files episode did the concept of this movie better than this movie. Okay. The kind of paranoia. But okay. it's also like you ha- you've you seen the original. Right. And now you know what to like alter and things are supposed to get better as they have iterations right. that move forward if you're just exploring a concept. Right. I mean, obviously, there are some movies that you don't remake and things like that. But yeah. Or maybe I'm just more attached to the characters that were in X-Files, too. Which is very possible. It's possible. Their their potential death meant way more to me than right. people I was just introduced to. Right. I mean, you only spent two hours with these guys. Right. And how long did you spend with you know, Mulder and Scully? Yeah, I think time. that was a third season episode. So yeah. it had been quite a while. Both Nick Nolte and Jeff Bridges turned down the role of McCready. Well, I'm glad they did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and this was this the beginning of Carpenter and Russell working together? I, I don't know that. I think it might have been. The female voice on McCready's chess computer was performed by the wife of director John Carpenter, actress Adrienne Barbeau, who, uh, as far as voice work goes, also did Catwoman in Batman the Animated Series. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yep. And uh, one of the only kind of female presences in the entire movie. Yep. Because you see, like, the the game show on the VHS. Yep. There's a couple women. Yeah. But aside from that and this voice, all male. Yeah, which is surprising that I like it so much. I tend to like <laughs> movies with strong female characters. The but... thing is, too, I wouldn't have even noticed had I not read it. No. Like, it's not something no. you actively think about. No, it's the same way this is going off in another direction. But there's a movie called uh, The Descent. It's a horror movie. Mm-hmm. And there's all it's all women. Okay. But you don't look at it like that. Right. You don't think about it that way at all. Because there's then nothing you're like, oh, gender specific about what they're doing not at all right yep when the dog wanders down a hallway and pauses outside a door we see a shadow of one of the men beckoning it in carpenter wanted it to be mysterious which character was involved so he didn't use any of his actors to cast the shadow it's someone completely different yeah that way you can be like oh i think it's right so and so right kurt russell was almost injured in the scene where he blows up the alien with a stick of dynamite Apparently, I, he had no idea exactly how big of an explosion it would produce, and the reaction that he had in the movie is genuine. Nice. I love <laughs> it when that happens. Yeah, except for the fact that people almost die. Well, yeah. But yeah, real reactions. Almost doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> real reactions are always better than acted reactions. Absolutely. Yeah. Keith David wears gloves throughout most of the film. This is because he had broken one of his hands in a car accident and needed to cover up his cast. Okay. Yeah, so he, he had a cast the whole filming. Wow, that's yeah. interesting. And something I definitely didn't notice. No, not at all. Nope. In the video game tie-in made in 2002, it was revealed that the character McCready survives and is picked up by a search and rescue team while Childs freezes to death. John Carpenter has stated, the game is canon. Ooh. Which solves a lot of mystery of the film. Yeah. Like the ambiguous ending, which we'll get to. Right is like one of the biggest things that come away from the movie. Right. And people like I was looking on IMDb and there's still debates yeah. going on about it. 
and apparently John Carpenter was like, the game's canon, so this is what happened. Nice. Yeah. Although some people don't like that. Yeah, but, I mean, you still... You know, the creator has control over it, except, it, you know, like, I feel like this way about George Lucas and Star Wars. Like, mm-hmm. you really, I mean, you can say that's canon, but it's, it's, if you're just looking at those two hours, mm-hmm. then you can think whatever you want to think. Absolutely. I mean, especially when the video game was made how many years later? Yes. Like, yes. it's, he can say what he wants, but he didn't write the video game and the movie's over. Right. So. I agree. So it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of a nice thing about having the separate media entities yeah take what you want leave the rest right exactly john carpenter and kurt russell both admit that after all these years they still don't know who's been replaced by the creature and when yeah that that's something about this movie is it's it's they didn't show that so you can still debate it to this day which is kind of cool i mean there's a lot of which i'll get into later but when exactly did blair turn Mm mm-hmm you still kind of don't know. You can have your own guesses, but right. you don't really know. Right, right. Yeah. Especially if he was that close to the ship. Like, oh, who yeah. knows if there was anything down there. Yeah. Maybe they locked him. Locking him in the tool shed was sealing his fate. Like, right. there's so many ways that it could have gone. So the movie itself, uh, we'll run through kind of chronologically, but you have something to say. I have two pieces of trivia. Okay. One is it came out two days after I was born. Oh, wow. Two days. I was born on Wednesday the 23rd, and it was released on Friday the 25th. Wow. So, yeah. So I just thought that was kind of cool. That is cool. Um, And the second is, which we'll get into at the very beginning, I love the dog. Yes. He's the best. He's the best dog actor ever. Yeah. And his actually his name is Jed and yes. he was also White Fang. Oh, really? So, yeah. So he went on to have quite the career. He was in White Fang and White Fang 2. Wow. He's half Alaskan Malamute and half wolf. Hmm. And he lives to be 18 years old. No which is kidding. extremely old for a dog that size. That's true. Like chihuahuas and poodles can live that long. Mm-hmm. But like a half wolf doesn't live. That's a long ass life. Yeah, it so. is. But I thought he was just awesome. And obviously other people did, too, because they he went on to be the wolf, right, White Fang. Right, I right. mean, the dog of all dogs. And he was in uh, most of the scenes, with the exception, I did read that the dog in the very beginning being chased by the helicopter is mm-hmm. not Jed. Okay. It was actually another dog that looked similar that Carpenter had painted to be similar oh, to Jed funny. in appearance. Yeah. But every other scene is Jed. Yeah. Yeah. And he's awesome. Yeah. All right. So the movie. Right away, watching a horror movie for me alters my perception of everything in the movie (laughs) because I have certain expectations of horror movies Mm -hmm. and uh, like I'm looking for things like I know shit's going to go down because it's a horror movie. So I'm already like on detective mode right right away. Right. So that just changes everything. As soon as I saw the dog, I assumed it was going to die. Yep. Because it's a horror movie and they kill animals that are innocent, (laughs) even though it wasn't entirely it wasn't at all. As we thought. <laughs> <laughs> Kurt Russell has an entire computer dedicated to playing chess. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Welcome to the 80s. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, the helicopter lands. They're shooting at the dog, dropping grenades and blowing themselves up. Yeah. Which apparently also what one of the people said in Norwegian, mm-hmm. if you could understand Norwegian, mm-hmm. ruins the whole movie. Oh, nice. In a way, like That's- says something along the lines of, that dog looks like a dog, but it's not really a dog. Kill it. Destroy it. It's fooling everybody. Like that That's kind of cool. Yeah, right? Yeah. But again, if I can't imagine there were too many people who were speaking Norwegian. No, probably not. <laughs> but Especially just... since it only made $13 million, so not a lot of people went to go see it. Right, right. <laughs> so it's probably way past that point. 
Uh, Mac takes his chopper up while we get ominous shots of the dog. Mm-hmm. Horror movie kind of trope right there. Like the quick hold shot on something to be like, this is something you need to pay attention right. to. <laughs> Uh, at the Norwegian base, Mac and Doc come across a trash base full of mutilated dead bodies and a block of ice that looks like it previously had something inside. Mm-hmm. Apparently, there were extra shots, too, in this where there was, there was like another corpse in the closet that they didn't look at. Yeah. There was supposed to be something else with the block of ice as well, too. But I don't recall what it was. They bring back a weird corpse that seems to have two heads melded together. Yeah. That's a creepy looking thing. That was fucked up. Yeah. That was like some early nastiness, right? Yeah. <laughs> and it's like half burnt half frozen half goopy yeah like it's like a really nasty pile of nastiness i was looking at it for a while being like i can't figure out what temperature that thing is yeah because was it recently burned is that why it's smoking but it's like kind of drippy but like you said it looks kind of frozen too like it was very confusing and then they when they brought it inside it was like steaming when they took the blanket off of it exactly it's very strange gross uh the dog pen they put the dog inside the pen and quickly tears itself apart revealing the creature underneath yeah i do want to talk about though like that dog mm-hmm. did he not act like an alien who was acting like a dog right like how creepy was that dog like, like how was, do you make a dog do that like he he was just unbelievable i yeah. remember just watching that and being like i've seen a lot of shows like fraser with yeah. eddie and like a lot of trained dogs but that dog was acting like he was doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. Like he just, and even when he first walked into the pen, he just, he walked straight in. He didn't look at any of the other dogs mm-hmm. and he laid down in the middle of the floor. Yeah. And it was just like, he was the creepiest character. Like even the humans later who were the alien, like weren't as creepy as that dog mm-hmm. being the alien. Like right, it was right. so awesome. I'm wondering if the initial walk-in scene, there were no actual other dogs in the pen. Just to get that shot, because from that side, you don't see anything no, else. No, there were some behind him when he walks in. They were laying down. They do when you show a different angle, yeah. No. But when, no? I just watched it this morning. I just watched it yesterday. <laughs> no, they totally, when he walks in, there's other ones laying down. But oh, I mean, okay. they're just well-trained dogs. Well, yeah. Trained, yeah. Be, trained to be lit. But it was the way, the, I mean, it was probably the director, too, and the trainer working together. But just the way that that moment happens, mm-hmm. you're like... Shit's gonna go down. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. It was so good. You knew right away. Oh, it was so good. Um, when it like starts to rip itself and whatever, morph or whatever, that was fucking disgusting. Yeah. It was gross. <laughs> and right away, like, this is what turns me off to horror movies. <laughs> like, I just, I can't deal yeah. with the gore. Like, I, I half look at it and I do look away. But at least it wasn't like real gore because it wasn't a, hu- like, a person being torn apart. It was just like blood. And like goo, it, the you know, dog's it wasn't like... face ripped <laughs> in several pieces. Yeah, that's fucking gross. <laughs> it's so. But nasty. it wasn't like a dog. Well, but it was. It doesn't matter what it was. <laughs> gore is gore. It doesn't matter. Uh, they all start shooting at it, and then they take the flamethrower to it. Yeah, torch that thing. I like how Clark flips out when they shoot the like real dog, though. Yeah. I'm like, that's so me. Yeah. I'd be like, no, my puppies. <laughs> <laughs> Even though the thing's like almost dead anyway. Yeah, right. Probably they probably put it out of its misery. Yeah. Uh, Blair touched the creature corpse with the pencil eraser that they yeah. had afterwards, and then touched it to his chin, which is weird. That I was How like, would "Whoa!" You do that anyway. Are you a real doctor? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That freaked me out right away. Yeah, I wouldn't even want to be in the room with that thing. No, no, it's disgusting. Yeah, it's all gross. Uh, Blair asks Clark how long he was alone with the dog, which is kind of the first hint of paranoia. Yeah. So that starts to set in there. 
Blair runs a computer simulation of the thing cells assimilating a dog cells. Curious what kind of information he was basing those scenarios on. Yeah, that has there's a lot of controversy with that scene and like I mean it was pretty much just to show the was, audience what was happening. It was exposition. But like yeah, but yeah. the logic behind it is ridiculous. Right. Because right. you wouldn't first of all, it was nineteen eighty two, so they're not gonna be able to write a program that can even do that. Exactly. <laughs> and then on top of that, if he like already knew it was happening, why did he have to look at it on a screen? Unless right. it was just doing that to show you the math, which turned out it was twenty seven thousand hours. Mm-hmm which is a little over three years. Right, so right. maybe he was just running the program to time it. I think they could have fixed that whole scene by just leaving it up to his expertise and having him type the information out. Yeah. So that we could visibly see the information and right. that would still gives us the exposition. Right. But it's just kind of his theory. Right. But, you know, I didn't write the movie. No. <laughs> um, the thing corpses are moved to another room, but one of them starts dripping. And then attacks mm, Bennings. Yeah. That was gross, too. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be the end of every scene. Rob's going to go, and it was gross. Pretty much. <laughs> uh, they find it outside half changed and burn it before it finishes changing, then burn the rest. That was kind of interesting to watch it, like, silently. It was kind of, like, pleading a yeah. little bit, like, don't burn me. Yeah. It was, like, screaming. One thing I always was confused with that movie, though, is, like, what is it in its natural state? Right. You know, it's kind of an odd, like, they never really go into it, which is fine, because right, the mystery right. is good, too. But, like, I've always thought, I'm like, I wonder on, like, its home planet. What it actually Like, what is it like. when it's born? What is it? How does it become? Maybe it doesn't. Maybe it's just forever split off from this other thing. Mm-hmm. Who knows? But it's interesting to think what its natural state is. Maybe it's an amoeba of some form. Yeah. It's maybe kind it's of like really formless. tiny. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Who knows? Uh, Blair destroys the lab and is subdued by everyone else, then contained in the tool shed because he just went wacky, which yeah. I assume is where people think that he's turned. See, I think he definitely isn't at that point. Really? I think he's definitely human at that point just and fucking flipping it. out because he knows what's going to happen okay. and that because he doesn't trust anybody in there. Yeah. You know, and he does a great job in that scene, too. He does. Like, he's amazing. It's like everybody makes fun of him for those diabetes commercials, but yeah, like, yeah. he's good in that. <laughs> he's good in that scene. Yeah. Uh, when they do lock him in there, he says to watch Clark closely. Yeah. Because he had that initial, like, paranoia. Of, he was with the dog alone. Right, right. Yep. The blood's been broken into, and the blame starts getting passed around, which was uh, due to they were working on the cure. Or not cure, sorry, but the test, the test to yep. see, like, if they were human or whatever based on their blood. Yeah. And uh, that's more paranoia. That's when we really start getting fighting scenes and that's a scene too that is very much repeated in the x-files episode okay. like something gets tampered with yep. and everyone starts blaming each other so yep. that that's definitely a, a direct correlation after they split up and search around they find fuchs body burned outside but it looks like he burned himself with a flare, flare. or something right yeah yeah which why would he do that because he didn't trust anybody else and he couldn't take it, or that he was starting to be attacked and wasn't sure if he was infected or not. Oh. Yeah. So he didn't, he, because he's the one that found McCready's shirt ripped with the name on it. Right. Initially. Right. And then that ended up in his shack somehow. But, mm-hmm. but Fuchs is the one that found it. So he already thought McCready was infected and he didn't know who else was. Mm-hmm. And they, like, one of the theories is that he was actually attacked by it, like, killed himself okay. to prevent being assimilated. Okay. Yeah. Cause he wasn't like he was just a body. Like his body wasn't all fucked up when they found it. Right, right, yeah. right. He was still kind of humanoid. Yeah. Nalls and Mac go to check out Mac Shack. Mac Shack. 
and Nulls returns with Max burn clothes, claiming he's one of them. Yep, but he was obviously framed. I don't yes. think I don't think Mac was ever one. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think so. I don't know. He's Kurt fucking Russell. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> That's why. Uh, they find Mac with a flare and a package of dynamite threatening to blow the place up. That's where he goes all badass. Yep. He's like, I'm not one. Get out of my way. That's a smart defense. It is. I'm going to put dynamite on my body. Yep. So if you torch me, you all die too. Yep. That Norse and awesome. uh, Windows jump him but get knocked off. Norse takes a fall and stops breathing. Mm-hmm. So they have to run him to dock, throw him on the table. Doc attempts to resuscitate him and then his hands break through his chest cavity. Which was fucking gross. That was one of the best <laughs> scenes, though. Oh, that's such a good scene. And then his chest bites his arms. Yep, bites his arms off. And uh, rip it off, and then they torch. They torch him. Yeah. And while they're torching him, his head separates from his body, but nobody sees it. Yep. It falls on the floor, grows crab legs yep. and little eyeballs, <laughs> yep. and then scuttles across the floor. Yeah. And then my favorite line in the entire movie happens is when Palmer says... You gotta be fucking kidding. Because <laughs> that's kind of what we're all thinking. Absolutely. Like, what is yeah. that? <laughs> like, that is the best little alien piece of animatronics, like, in cinematic history. Yeah. I love it. It's just awesome. Because it's so ridiculous. And then the movie acknowledges its ridiculousness yeah. by going, you gotta be fucking kidding. And I think there was, uh, that was the inspiration for something in the video game, too. Like, I actually started playing the Thing video game, like, okay. in college, just to try it out, because I had heard it was good. And yeah. I, I didn't know what the thing was or anything. Like, I just, okay, I'll play this game. Yeah. In the opening scene, like, you get there, there's the whole Antarctic thing, uh, and in the first level, you see these, like, crab things walk towards you, but they have baby heads. Oh. And they are, like, cry like babies. And I was like, I'm done. Turned it off. <laughs> never, never picked it up again. I was like, this is fucked up. I'm done. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Clark makes a run at Mac with a scalpel. So Mac shoots and kills him. Yep. Because they're all paranoid. I don't know why he made the run at Mac, though. Well, they still all thought Mac was one of them because yeah. of the shirt. So even though he he had dynamite strapped to him so they couldn't do anything about it, but right. they all still thought he was guilty. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. A few of them get tied up, and Mac has them all put some blood in the Petri dishes to test who's still human. Palmer's blood exposes him as a thing who then kills Windows while Mac's flamethrower isn't working. I thought the blood Petri dish scene yeah. was the highlight of the movie. Yeah, it was sure. good. It yeah. was really good. I figured that you would hate it the most because you knew a jump was coming, and you hate jumps. I, I don't hate jumps. Well, okay, the reason I hate jumps is not because they make me jump. It's because they normally don't make me jump because I see them all coming a mile away. Okay. So I knew there was a jump scare coming. Right. I just didn't know at one, what point it was coming. Right. And uh, like the leading up to it and all the, the paranoia and the tension of that scene. Yeah. And the fact that it was a little slower, but everything was kind of happening. Like the movie was kind of very chaotic yeah. all over the place. But this scene was very contained and organized and had more tension than the rest of the chaos of yeah. the movie. Well, it was nice because it's a good scene because it is it is the first time that, like, McCready finally has control. Because mm -hmm. nobody had control before. Like right. you said, it was chaotic. Right. Nobody knew who was guilty. Right. But he was like, I'm untouchable. I've got this dynamite. Everybody shut up and listen to me now. Yeah. This is what we're going to do. We're going to figure this shit out. Like he took control, yeah, you know, yeah. and then like you said, it calmed down. And it's almost not like he just took control of the scene. He took control of the movie. Yeah. Like he stopped all the chaos for a little bit yeah. and was like, OK, let's get some order in this. Yeah. And it, it really was like the only point in the whole movie since we saw the debut of the thing that there was any kind of order. Yeah. 
Plus, uh, it was ter- just terrifying the way they were all tied together. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because how would you like to be tied to that? Right. Oh. When they're right next to one that yeah. starts ripping apart. Yeah. They go out to test Blair and find him missing. Yep. Shed doors open. Uh, underneath the tool shed, they find the tunnel, which leads to a workshop with a UFO. Yep. A very stereotypical looking UFO. <laughs> and the shot, this reminds me of the shot in the beginning, too. I saw the star field and I was waiting for it to like pan down like Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> and just kind of do that. Yeah. And then the UFO flies in. I almost wish that they didn't do the UFO shot at the beginning because it tells you right away, oh, the aliens are involved. Yeah. Well, the actually, they did that scene sort of as a homage to the 1950 whatever movie. Oh, okay. Because that the is a direct shot. Yeah. The ring above the hole with all the guys standing there, mm-hmm. that's the same shot. Oh, So really? they put that they wanted to put that in the movie because even though the guy that wrote the fifties movie, like bashed John Carpenter, mm-hmm. John Carpenter was like trying to be nice and throw them a bone. Right. But apparently, bone. apparently they didn't like it anyway. Yeah. Uh, they end up blowing up the workshop and then start blowing up the tool shed and start blowing up everything else. Just all of it needs to be blown so up. much fire, so much fire, so much fire. Yep. And they were pretty much dooming themselves at the same time while they they're were. doing this. Cause but probably saving the human race. Probably. Yeah. 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 Sacrifice. They go downstairs to find the generator gone. Mm-hmm. And that's when uh, Blair Thing, as Blair Thing. the internet calls him, uh, finds Gary downstairs and assimilates him with the gross hand in his face yeah. idea, which might have been one of the more fake looking things in the movie. Yeah. Just because his hand was so clearly off his skin right like even though they kind of tucked it under the fake skin there yeah there was no perception in my mind that he had gone like inside because the lips are gone and everything yeah it was weird but i liked the casual look on blair's face while he was doing it too yeah like he was he's awesome in that movie yeah he was very good yeah uh and then blair thing attacks mac and mac blows it up with dynamite more fire more fire more dynamite a lot of people on the internet were complaining that like, why would Mac use the dynamite after they kind of said, like, based on the uh, the blood dish scene, that every part of it is potentially a new creature. So if you just blow it up and it doesn't actually all burn away, then you're creating maybe just like a swarm of them. Yeah, I suppose. But it's but not a like lot you of had it a ton would, of options a, either. <laughs> no, and a lot of it would burn, too. And they knew that fire was the only thing that killed it. You right. can't shoot it. You can't freeze it. Right. You have fire. It wanted to be frozen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which makes the ending scene even that much more Oh yeah. interesting. So then we get uh, Mac walking out of there. And, of course, that's when we also get a cut away from Mac. Because if we had seen him the whole time, right. we know that he's not infected. But the fact that they did cut away... And let him walk out. And then Childs meets up with him. And I couldn't get over how young Keith David looked. I know. That's crazy. <laughs> I know. He was like 26 or something yeah, in this movie. I know. Um, so Childs and McCready are looking at each other. No one's really thinking that. No one knows. Right. And that's kind of and the Where was Childs ending. like the whole time? Where right. was he? He yeah, claimed that like, he saw Blair in outside. Like, yeah. Yeah. And like went after him. Yeah. But who knows? Yeah. And uh, a lot of people, again, I was reading a lot just out of curiosity and uh they were saying that well if childs was a thing then he would have just killed mccready when he caught him off guard right away i think so but i think that he was still wired mccready was still wired still had weapons on him Mm -hmm. so he was probably just waiting till he got weaker Mm -hmm. you know what i mean so i'm gonna sit here and lie to him until he 
can't really fight back anymore right, right. because we the alien had nothing but time. Yeah. Why why attack now? Why not wait till it's a little easier? Right. Till he either almost freezes or or like you said, he wanted to freeze. So maybe he was like, I'll just let this like why do I need to assimilate this human? Why? Sure. There's no reason to. He's gonna die. I'm gonna freeze. Right, which is what he wants. They're gonna anyway. they're gonna find both of us. They're gonna assume we're both human. Right, right. Bury him. Which if that video game thing is considered canon and Childs did freeze to death, that still doesn't tell us one way or the other. No, it doesn't. Right. It just tells us what happened. It doesn't actually tell us who was. Exactly. They, the video game does go on to say that McCready was human. Yeah. I mean, which I think so, because you kind of, he in the film represents you. Right. Like, you know, kind of how he feels. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, he is the main character. So right. I don't think he's supposed to have been right. assimilated, but who knows? If I had to like put a theory on it, I would honestly think that at that point neither of them are. I don't think either thing, of them were either. And I think it's just about the paranoia between the two of them. Yeah. It has nothing to do with the alien at that point. No, I definitely think they were both human. That's yeah. my theory. I mean, the whole movie ultimately has nothing to do with the alien. Right. It's just about paranoia. Right. So Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Did you like it at all? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. Oh, um, God. I mean, obviously, the gore turns me off right away. Right. The the biggest, my biggest issue with the movie in general, aside from the gore, is the fact that, like, they even said, like, Carpenter and Russell were like, yeah, we don't know who turned and when or if they turned or whatever. It's like, well, to me, that means you didn't plan your movie out. Well, I don't think it was everybody, though. I think it was mostly Blair... And then the end that mm-hmm. they're talking about. I don't think that they didn't know when every... I think that they planned out carefully most of the people mm-hmm. and when they changed, but just not Blair and not McCready and Childs. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think everything else was planned out pretty good. Like, I think they knew Clark was human mm-hmm. and that's why they had him shoot him. Someone had to die as a human. Right. Or else the the paranoia is just justified. Right. One thing that's funny, though, is... In every horror movie, it's this way. It's like you see people by themselves and you're like, why? Yeah. Why would you ever be alone? Like Fuchs was in his office by himself, like mm-hmm. in the dark. And then the power went out and yeah. you're like, come on. Yeah. Please. You know what I mean? I honestly think like if they were intelligent in any way, the actual team, not yeah. the people making the movie. Right. <laughs> the people that were in there, they should have never been less than teams of three. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because teams of two even is not safe. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's just so funny because it just happens over and over. They're like, let's split up. Yeah. No, what the- like, are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, right. No, you don't split up ever. Yeah. Ever. No, it's, it's, I don't know. I liked it because it's just very, it's the same like theme. Like most of my favorite movies have kind of the same theme and it's like isolation mm-hmm. and paranoia mm-hmm. and those things. Cause those are things that, that actually scare me mm-hmm. and I'm not easily scared. I've seen tons of horror movies yeah. and it's very difficult to scare me. So it has to be something that, scares me in real life mm-hmm. and that's like and it's the same kind of fear like from the first alien movie they're all isolated on this spaceship right with the parasite mm-hmm. it's the same idea you know and it's just you can see all my favorite movies are like linked with the same sort of theme yeah yeah but i love i just i loved how the setting and the people and it's like very character driven it's very zombie like really if you mm-hmm. think about it you know it can infect that explains you. a lot yeah I <laughs> why mean, i don't like it and you do <laughs> yeah it's the same idea yeah yeah anything else you want to add oh when do you think that blair became the thing when do i think uh i don't think he was in the lab when he was flipping out I think it is more something like he was trapped in the shed and then at some point while he was in there and everything else was going on, 
he was attacked. I think a lot of shit went down when the power went out. Yeah. When the blackout happened. Mm -hmm. I think that the thing purposely shut the power off, Mm -hmm. went and did a bunch of shit. And then I think he went and infected Blair. And I think that Blair was infected when he was like, let me out. It's okay. I'm fine. Yeah. I'm good now. You can totally let me out now. Because he wasn't getting mad. He wasn't no. like, guys, you suck. Let me out. He was just like, you can let me out. Right. I'm, like child is I'm pissed. fine now. Right. He was like, uh, and then even the other, I forget the guy's name, the captain there. He was like, would you please get me out of this fucking chair? Like, you know what I mean? Because that's how a human would react. They'd right. be like, you goddamn assholes, let me go. Right. But Blair was just like, let me go, man. The, the movie's I'm a lot great. of I told you so. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was. Um, oh, and I love McCready's speech outside when he goes, I know I'm human. And if you were all those things, you would just attack me right now. So I know some of you are human. Mm. And that's just like. That just shows like how smart he is. You know right. what I mean? He's right. not going to start flipping going, oh, my God, I can't trust anyone. He's like, he knew he had allies. He just had to stop and find out which ones they were. Sure. You know what I mean? Sure. So like that, you know, he never gave up hope. He knew some of them were still people. Yep. But I love that movie. I can tell. I wish I shared your sentiments, but <laughs> I'm sure we'll uh, we'll get a mutual, a mutually admired movie down the road. At I some think point. I think you're going to like Silence of the Lambs. That's my I choice think I number two. Too. And I think that you're going to like it a lot because it's. Not that gross, first of all, and it's very, it's very Dexter-like. Mm-hmm. It's very whodunit. I can get down with that. Yeah, I think you'll like cool. it. Cool. All right, well, thanks for joining me. Hey, no problem. Random Movie Club is a production of The Geek Generation. You can get every episode along with everything else we do over at thegeekgeneration.com. While you're there, be sure to check out our flagship podcast, The Geek Generation, available both on the site and on iTunes. As always, thanks to Michael McLeod of Wolfstein Music for our theme song. A link to their site can also be found on our site. Thanks for listening, and make sure you join us next time when we'll discuss Spirited Away. See you then.